Hi, I'm Tanya Uremkiv, and this is a collection of my audio blogs. This particular episode is part of a series called Through the Bible, where I take a chapter from the Bible and talk through it by sharing insights, revelations, and perspectives from my recent studies. Welcome back to Through the Bible series. This is episode two, and I'm your host, Tanya Yeremkiv. I'm so excited about this particular episode because one of my dearest, bestest friends is joining me. Nikki and I have had some of the best conversations about the Bible, and we met at church. At first, it was on the worship team. We didn't really know each other, but after some time, I was able to start a Bible night group, which Nikki has faithfully shown up to and came, and we've had just the best conversations. And so I'm so honored and so grateful, first and foremost, for her friendship in my life, her wisdom in my life, but also that she is the first guest on this episode and on this podcast in general. So Nikki, I'm going to toss it to you. I'm so excited. I'm so honored. I told you this last week when you asked me if I wanted to do this, but I'm so incredibly honored that you wanted to do this with me for your second podcast ever on Through the Bible. I've oh, We've had so many incredible conversations and just so many deep moments talking about what we've learned reading through the Bible and conversations that could just last hours. So I'm really excited that we get to do this together on, on, on a podcast. Yeah, me too. It's like kind of a dream come true. I thought about it several times when we would get together at my house, you know, around the table and just chat about the Bible or just, you know, on the couch, wherever we were. And I think, man, I should be recording this. I need to like save this. And so I'm here we are. We're actually doing it. Here we are. And so just a recap of the goal of this series, it's to understand God's word better, it's to grow in a relationship with Jesus, and it's to disciple and be discipled. And so through this conversation in today's episode, my hope Nikki's hope is that we both get discipleship out of it, but also every single listener out there gets discipleship as well and gets motivated to go and disciple and continue to be discipled because that's what we're called to be. We're called to be disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. And what better way than to talk through the Bible? (laughs) So with that being said, Nikki, what have you read recently? Oh my gosh. So at the end of last year, I was given this challenge of reading through the Bible for the next year. Not an uncommon thing as we're starting the new year, right? But it was it was actually a specific discipleship mandate because I'm, I'm doing another discipleship type group right now. So, you know, I was reading through, I got through Job and recently came to reading about Abram or Abraham as he was affectionately called later. And I have been stuck on this thought for a while now. It's it's taken me forever to read through Abraham's story. I have not read very quickly through it at all, but I'm, I'm stuck on this idea of being called by God without knowing where exactly you're going. So to backtrack, when you start reading about Abraham and the call of Abraham, in the beginning, the first thing we really hear about Abraham, other than, you know, the the genealogy that comes right before that, is the first thing that the Lord says to Abram is, go from your country, you and your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. That's the first verse that we hear (laughs) from Abram's story. 
And it's literally this mandate of get up and go. I haven't shown you where you're going yet, but I'm calling you to go. And it's just caused me to kind of come back and reflect (laughs) and say, okay, Lord, have I missed opportunities where you have called me to go somewhere without really knowing where I was going to end up? And it's, it's just been a kind of a flooring thought of, God, have I been obedient in that recently? And thinking about it too, Abraham is not the only one that we see that with in the Bible, right? We see it with Moses when we get into Exodus. We even see it with Noah when he's building the ark. He's just given these dimensions for this massive boat (laughs) and is told with specific instructions, go build this boat. I'm going to destroy the earth. Go build this boat. And Noah has to be obedient without really knowing the end result. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very stuck on this thought right now. And I really think it's the Holy Spirit just working on something in me of if the Lord were to tell me to go somewhere, would I go without knowing where I'm going? Well, that immediately makes me think of you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. And you probably knew I was going to say that. But it's just, (laughs) I don't know. I think about that too. And I wonder if like, we ask kind of a different question, you know, because we're asking, well, you asked, would I go? And I guess, what does that look like in our day today right now? Like, do we, do we decipher everything or do we just obey God for the day like like what we have and you know what's in our hand and do we follow him for that you know like in that do we take the step and just keep obeying him or do we you know live Jesus out to other people be Jesus with skin on as our pastor says you know (laughs) and do we do that and so I don't know I'm thinking we we don't know no matter what if we're gonna Hold on, let me backtrack that. No matter what we plan, do, this is all over Proverbs, and you know how much of a sucker I am for Proverbs. Um, (laughs) No matter how much we plan, the ways are established by the Lord. He establishes every single step. And even if we try to plan to the nitty gritty and say like, okay, God told me to do this, so I'm going to do this. We won't know what the outcome of that is because, you know, it goes back full circle. We walk by faith and not by sight. So either way, we're not going to know. And thinking about that, it's interesting to ask, you know, would I go? And I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, everyday Christians should be able to confidently say, I am going where he's calling me to go even even though you don't know what exactly that looks like yeah no absolutely I just think about the magnitude of what God was asking Abram to do in that moment he's literally asking him to pick up everything he knows like take everything he has and leave everything he knows to a land that I will show you he doesn't even tell him where he's going in that moment he just says I will I will lead you to a land eventually (laughs) that that you will it's the magnitude of that ask but we I feel like as Christians we often struggle with even with just little things like I think about stories where people have said you know I'm walking through the grocery store and you know the Lord highlights somebody to me like 
somebody somebody is pointed out by Holy Spirit and the Lord is telling me to go tell that person something totally random, like something that to you just sounds crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah. But it takes a step of faith and trust that the Lord is is doing something in that moment, laying down our own pride or embarrassment or whatever that may be to say, okay, the Lord has told me that this person needs to hear this word, even though to me it sounds absolutely nuts, <laughs> right? And I have no idea what the outcome of that experience is going to be. I, I could get the weirdest look in the world. I could get shouted out of the grocery store or my act of obedience could bring freedom to that person in that moment. And, you know, it's, it's easy to say all of these things outside of those moments because you can contemplate it and you can really like think about it. But have we built enough trust with the Lord to actually act in those moments? Yeah, I have a quote that I wrote down here when I was reading through that. I actually read mm -hmm. through Genesis already and I flipped back through what you're talking about and I wrote down this quote which says um, it's by... I forget the first name, but Barnhouse. He said, faith is not a mushroom that it grows overnight in damp soil. It is an oak tree that grows for a thousand years under the blast of wind and rain. And wow, I don't even remember why I wrote this one down because I was I was reading along with a commentary. But what you said made me think of this and how a lot of times we think that, you know, we can skip the process and mm -hmm. just not go through maybe the humiliation or actually get that weird look at the end, yeah. you know? <laughs> and like we toggle between these two decisions of like, do I want to do this and end up looking stupid or do I want to do this and bring freedom? Right. Most often our flesh, our everything inside of us will be like, mm -hmm. don't do it. You're going to look stupid. Just just right. avoid it. Don't even go that route. But again, we walk by faith and not by sight. And our obedience to God is the mm -hmm. ultimate like reward. Like we get reward out of that. And yeah. it's not like God doesn't look at the result of what happened. I don't think this is just food for thought. I don't think he looks specifically at the result, but looks deeper and inside of the heart and says, where was your heart when you did this? You know, even yeah. if you did do it in fear, but you were like, I trust God more than I'm afraid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard several people say this before and the most recent instance that comes to mind, you know, you and I are both listening to, um, the basement with Tim yeah. Ross and, Tim has a moment in, in one of his podcasts, I've binged so many, I can't remember which at this point, but he says, if you can't do it confidently, do it scared. The obedience is what matters in that moment. Not necessarily your posture, even though, you know, we, we want to have a posture of confidence when we do, you know, when, we, when we're doing something that the Lord is asking us to do. But even if we do it afraid in that moment, we were still obedient. It's so <laughs> Abraham's story just from top to bottom is filled with these moments where he either trusted God and did exactly what he said, or he just completely derails. Right. So <laughs> his, his first mandate is to, you know, leave the land, you know, to, to the place I'm going to show you. 
God then tells him that he's going to multiply him, right? He's going to give him a son in his old age, and he's going to be the father of many nations. Well, Abraham decides in his own wisdom, right, that he and Sarai are too old for whatever the Lord has planned. And, you know, this is where Hagar comes into play. He and Sarai just do it on their own. So why was it that Abraham could trust God to show him a land that he had never known, to pick up everything and leave, but he couldn't trust God to provide the son that he promised him he would give him. It's so moment by moment from top to bottom, even when he's visiting other lands, right? So when he's visiting Egypt, he tells Pharaoh that Sarai is his sister so that they wouldn't kill him and, you know, take Sarai for themselves. And, you know, they they ended up getting... Abraham ended up getting spoils from that land, right? Because Pharaoh was like, here, take all of this as basically penance for (laughs) me taking your wife without knowing she was your wife. But that was disobedience. And that's how they ended up with Hagar. Hagar was a slave from Egypt that came into Abraham's world because of a moment of dishonesty, which could be disobedience to God. It is disobedience to God. Right. Right. So it it just it's just kind of mind boggling to me that the person that we call the father of our faith, Abraham, had so many moments where he either trusted God fully and did exactly what he said, even though it felt extreme, but also had moments where he was just in complete disobedience and all but derailed (laughs) the plan that God was trying to, to, you know, accomplish through him, which obviously we know was accomplished because it's God. He's going to accomplish his will point blank period. It's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) One way or another. But yeah, it it just, that thought has just been flooring me over and over and over again for the last probably two, three weeks. What do you think would be like an equivalent question, you know, because Abram was called to go to this unknown land Mm -hmm. and he struggled to believe that God would come through with various provisions, be that, you know, his firstborn son or something else. Yeah. So are you talking like modern day equivalent? Yeah. I mean, we could use a really similar, similar question. I mean, if God, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to use, I'm going to use a real life example here. You and Ruvum just hey. <laughs> made a huge move, right? Yeah, we did. Yep. And you felt that it was the Lord calling you where you're at. Mm-hmm. You have no connections up there. You had no real ties or real reason to be rooted there other than you like to camp up there and you felt like that's where the Lord was calling you, right? Yep. So for me, looking on the outside of that, that was a total moment of obedience on your part to say, okay, God, we'd have no roots here. We have no practical reason to be in the place that we're in other than this is where we feel like you have given us the peace to go. And like, I know for your story, you, you were looking, right? You were looking for other places to live. You were looking Mm -hmm. for, you know, other places to go, but where you're at, you had no, (laughs) you had none of those things, but that's where you felt the Lord was calling you. I I mean, am I wrong? No, 
you're not wrong at all. That's exactly it. I mean, yeah, that's like, it is like quite literally an unknown land. <laughs> and we mm -hmm. just decided to go, you know, and but there's I don't know, right. there's like this assurance that because it is God, that that we can do it. And I think that should be the motivating factor. Maybe that was the motivating factor for Abraham. You know, he knew if God said it, he would bless it. He he said, I'm going and I need to go. And so I'm just yeah. thinking about that, like in today's modern day culture, you know, like we sometimes just <laughs> hold back or we don't want to do make the move. But right. I don't know if God says it, then why why would you not? Or like yeah. even for a day to day in our day-to-day -day walk, we know how we should respond when people act rudely towards us or when people, you know, or when something happens and we just want to get so frustrated. And I think it's totally fine to get frustrated, but I think what we do with that frustration, do we turn it into anger and sin out of that moment? Or do we just say, okay, God, like, what are you saying? What are you teaching me through this? I can't see an outcome. I can't see an end out of this, but I trust that you've got this and you're going to help me walk through it. And then all of a sudden right. you're acting like Jesus and people are like, how are you so kind, you know, when they treated you this way? Or how are you so <laughs> at peace when you have all this stuff happening in your life? And you're just like, Jesus, like I, right. I, God, you know, it's literally God. He is changing my heart. He is changing what is happening on my internal so that I can reflect him on the external. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. That level of trust is something that I really admire about your walk specifically, just like being able to walk side by side with you and, you know, walk through different things together. Your trust in God and where he's leading you and what he's asking you to do is something that I, that just floors me. Because something that I personally struggle with is really understanding, okay, is this really the Lord telling me to do this? Because there's nothing biblically that would contradict what I hear God telling me or what I think I hear God telling me. Or is this one of my own ideas that I just need to shelf? So something that I'm really working on is, okay, Lord, I really want to hear and understand that it's you that is telling me to do this. So how, if I, if I can, if I can pose this question to you, how have you been able to establish when the Lord is telling you to do something versus your own thoughts, like moving to another city or even moving to another state? Which I also like. How do, you, how do you know if that's what the Lord? <laughs> how do you know if that's what the Lord is telling you, or if it's your own fanciful idea that you are kind of dreaming up but don't really have a good plan for? Yeah, I actually think that's a good parallel with how I moved states and also how we moved cities. Because um, <laughs> when I when I moved from Alaska to Colorado, I didn't know why God was moving me. I literally felt like he just plucked me out of Alaska and put me in Colorado type of thing. And I found out that I was moving 12 hours before I had to leave on the plane. And yeah. so it was like, I remember 
at that time I was asking God like, okay, Lord, I'm going to need like a confirmation, like a fleece moment. Like it's going to have to get really wet and then really dry really fast because I am, I'm not just going to go, you know? And then in (laughs) it, within like an hour or so that confirmation came through and I was just like settled, like God said it, I got to go do it. I don't know why I don't have answers, any, any of that. And this was before I think my deep study about like the Holy Spirit and trusting that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. And it was still playing out because when I did come to Colorado, things just started lining up and I was like, oh, I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. He's helping me make these decisions. And there were a lot of falls along the way, like Abraham, but (laughs) okay, maybe not specifically like Abraham. I didn't (laughs) meet any pharaohs, but um, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just that trust of like, okay, God, you've got my back. You've got my front and you've got my back. And then the difference in moving cities was, like you said, Ruvim and I were already looking for a place to live, a place to buy a house that was on our hearts. We knew that we were going to do that. And we were just like, Lord, like we'll go anywhere type of thing. Let's go look here. Let's go look there. So we were just looking all over Colorado because we wanted to stay in Colorado. And then when Grand Junction came up, it made sense that God was calling us here later, but when we were making the decision, it almost felt like God was saying, you've stewarded enough and I trust you to make the decision on your own because wow. of your trust in me. And that was really personally scary to me because I'm like, a, you tell me I do it type of person. Yeah. Like if someone, you know, <laughs> writes out a task, like, I'm on it. I'm going to get it done as long as that box gets checked. And so that was like really weird for me to sense from the Lord during that time because I would be like, wait, like you want us to make a decision, but what if it's the wrong one? What if it's not the right place? What if we don't have the right people? What about all the people in Denver? What about my family? What about my friends? What about, you know, all these questions come up and I'm just like all over the place until in I don't even remember how it happened, but this peace came over me and just like, I trust you to make your own decision because you, Mm -hmm. you walk with me. And then when we did actually commit and make the move, things just started lining up and it, it just felt like, wow, God, you put us here. Even though we made the decision, quote unquote, like God still established our steps to be here. It's his purpose. It's his will. And that it comes back around to like humbly depending and trusting on God to go into the place that you don't know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Your, yeah, your story just floors me. And I've, I've heard you tell that story both of coming from Alaska to Colorado and, you know, even the recent move to Grand Junction. I've heard you tell that both of those stories several times and it still just amazes me. The trust and the the willingness to follow God. Like, because I'm very similar to you in that I don't want to go anywhere the Lord doesn't want me. And I think that's part of the fear of like, okay, Lord, is this really you? Is it, is it really you telling me to go? Because I don't want to be where you aren't. Mm. I don't, I don't want to be where that pillar of fire or that pillar of smoke isn't. Mm -hmm. I want to follow you through the day and night to be in your presence, to be doing your will, not just for myself, but 
to further your kingdom the way that you've called us to further your kingdom. Yeah. It's finding the difference between that holy fear and reverence of God and just fear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm afraid to make this move because what if it doesn't work out? Or what if it wasn't the Lord that told me to go here? And, okay, but Lord, if this was you, <laughs> then I don't want to disobey. I don't, I don't want to walk in disobedience to you. Mm. Because I, I, I have that holy reverence for what you're calling me to do. Where you're telling me to go. Yeah, that made me think of uh, that God would not leave us in that questioning place mm. at the risk of our disobedience for him, if that makes sense. I'm trying to Ooh, yeah. frame it. Like he would not put us in that position where we are confused and accidentally disobey him. Sure. You know? Yeah. No, you're totally I, right. And I think that's where that trust piece comes in yeah. of the day in and day out, like focus on Jesus and like, God, I am I walking in your will? And then when you are walking in your will, you're like, keep me within your will. Like, I don't want to step outside of right. it because I'm trusting right. you. And it's that it just that constant you have you have the confidence to move forward because you're like, yes, like mm-hmm. I'm obeying God. But you also have that humility to kind of sit back and be like, Lord, like I'm dependent on you for this confidence. In order for me to obey you, I am humbly depending and trusting you to help me, you know, walk through this. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You're totally right. That that made me think of uh, what I just finished reading in Joseph Mm -hmm. because it's so interesting to me how all of this stuff happened to Joseph. If you read about his life and towards the end of mid-Genesis and then towards the end of it, how he would be so confident, so bold about this dream that God gave him. And then he just splurts it out and there's nobody around him to support him. And he doesn't even have the character to live that out. So then all of those things that happen were set up by other people, were the consequences of what other people did to him like his brothers and um and the pharaoh's wife or potiphar's wife you know Mm -hmm. and even when he was in jail but all of those moments they led up to something else so that he would ultimately save the israelite nation out of there came the seed of jesus and so like god had a bigger picture in mind but through that entire process of being almost too confident in just saying like Mm -hmm. this is what god is telling me to do the dream that god gave me yet god puts him through this character like refining process to recognize that at the very very end where he can say you know y'all meant this for evil but god intended it for good and I yeah. think even when we go through hard times in life, if we have that kind of approach, no matter what happens, even if the enemy like flat out attacking or however that looks like, you can still say, this is going to make my character stronger and I'm going to walk closer to God because of it, because I trust God. It just comes back to that. Just Yeah, it always comes back to that trust. Lord, these trials, these temptations, whatever it is that's that's surrounding me. I'm going to draw nearer to you in order to be within your will, to be refined by these, by these things that I'm going through. 
in order to do your will. Yeah. And just depending on him consistently, yeah. constantly, whatever you want to put there. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It's, it's full, it's full dependence. It's full dependence on the Lord. Like we, we talk so much in our culture about being independent and, you know, being able to do things on our own. And maybe we've had a little bit of a culture shift recently where we realize we need others around us, but it comes back to that ultimate dependence that we have on others is, is really a reflection of our ultimate dependence on God. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. I'm like... <laughs> That takes yeah. like, you reflect the five people that you spend the most time with to a whole yeah. nother level. <laughs> right? Right? We've come to this moment in our society, and I mean, obviously, we still have things that society has to reckon with, you know, as far as our, our need for God and our need for for being dependent on Him. But I think there has been a major shift in the way that people see independence versus dependence like depending on other people is not a bad thing in fact it's the way God created us like we we have to depend on other people like it's just the way we're, we're designed for community we're designed to be in community with other people and that means walking through the hard things it means celebrating the good things it it is a deeper reflection of our dependence on God it's a deeper reflection of our of our ultimate desire, whether or not we realize it, and our ultimate design to be with God, to be dependent on God, the one who created us, the one who gave us life. Yeah, because then through that, we can encourage, build up, disciple one another through that. We fellowship, yeah. you know, like the phrase, like fellowshipping with one another in Christ or fellowshipping in Christ. I think that's, that's what it encompasses. Yeah. It's so powerful. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about today too, the revelation that I got from you in your, your design of, you know, what ultimately birthed this particular podcast series, you know, Go Nights, mm-hmm. you know, go into all the world and make disciples. The breakdown that you did of baptism and what that word means in that particular context, what that Greek word means, to, to, to immerse in, to be immersed in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes through discipleship. That comes through exactly. relationship. Because when we're sitting down, having these conversations, and talking through whatever it is the Lord is working on us, you know, in us, in that season... That is immersing ourselves in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together. Yeah, in the reality. We, we reveal the reality yeah. of who God is in Father, Son, Holy Spirit to each other and through each other. And we're able to grow from that. And I think that's, yeah. ah, that's one of my favorite revelations <laughs> ever because yeah. it just it unites believers in a way that we don't see so often you know so often you know denominations or churches or people groups you know will just gear up against each other for whatever reason right and that's not how that's not how we're designed it's not what God intended right well it gives a whole new context to to what it means to actually go into all the world and and make disciples like I I feel like a land unknown (laughs) 
Right, well, right, right. It's not just about going into an unknown land. It's about creating relationship and it's about, it, it, it is about creating relationship because I think in the past we've done such a good job or a poor job, I guess, of making this idea, you know, I need to go into a different land and I need to stand on a street corner and just preach the gospel. That's not to say that we shouldn't do that. It's not to mm-hmm. say that there aren't people who God calls to do that. But the mandate to go and make disciples is to go and be in relationship with people to immerse one another in the reality of who God is, of yeah. what he's done, and ultimately strengthen each other, you know, iron sharpens iron, to be able to hear the Lord well, to be able to trust the Lord in seasons where we don't know what we're doing. I think the Lord has given us such an incredible gift in relationship in that if just as an example, if I have a decision that I have to make and I have no clue what to do because I know you have a relationship with the Lord because I know that you have done so much work to really understand the word and hear the Lord, I can go to you and say, okay, this is the decision I'm making what do you think? Do you think that this is from the Lord? Will you help me pray about this? What's your opinion on what this situation might be? Because we have built that relationship, because we have Mm -hmm. spent time immersing each other in the reality of who God is, we can have those honest conversations and say, this may be what the Lord is doing, this may not be what the Lord is doing, but it's ultimately to spur each other on to good works. Yeah, discipleship is so much more than I think we have given it credit for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's more than a program. It's more than showing up on a Tuesday night at church or something like that. I mean, not again, not bashing on anyone, but <laughs> um, yeah, not that it's a bad thing, but it's but it, yeah. yeah, it's it's just a deeper. There's a deeper revelation in it, and it's amazing how that all happened in the time of Jesus and then even more so after he ascended to heaven cuz yeah. i mean the book of acts that's what it that's what they start off the two chapters with they say you know to be in communion and to be in fellowship with one another and that they were yeah. and yeah. it's it's cool to also bring that back to the old testament and look at how when when we look at the patriarchs of the Bible, like Abraham, yeah. Isaac, Jacob, you know, these lone wolves, it seems like, you know, are walking through life and traveling far, <laughs> trying to, you know, o- like obeying God and messing up along the way. But God did send people their way to say things, you know, I mean, he even convicted yeah. Pharaoh's heart about Abraham's wife and said, right, don't lay a finger on her, you know, and Pharaoh, yep. this ungodly man is like um okay the lord said not to do this so i will not (laughs) Uh you know and so whatever his beliefs were whatever he was he comes to abram and starts discipling him that is a form of discipleship where he says yeah why did you lie to me within discipleship there has to be that comfort level of why are you doing this or maybe not even calling out like that but like saying it in a gentle correction type of way where you're like hey I know you 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 don't do this you don't behave this way um this is not who you are in Jesus and helping you get closer to Jesus I mean through those go nights which I'll probably have to explain that a little bit more about what that was (laughs) but through those go nights there were times you know where you specifically would call me out you'd 
kind of stop me in my tracks and say, that's not what the Bible says, or that's not what the context is referring to, you know, like, you just help me to understand that, hey, I need to know my facts, I need to know confidently and not just speak so loosely, because you were there like a, um, what's the word, like accountability, and through mm-hmm. that accountability, you are discipling me and reminding me, hey, like, trust God <laughs> in that moment because that kind of trust, it helps you to be quiet and talk less and actually listen more. And then when it is your turn to speak, you say you say the most with a little bit of words just because yeah. the Holy Spirit leads you to that or because of the arsenal of truth that you have inside of you. And I think that's what that's also what it says in the New Testament to f- get filled, uh, to fill yourself with truth. And I don't remember where that verse is from, so I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, and you've, you've done that for me so many times. Or like caused me to go back and think about something a completely new way because of a revelation that you got. There's so much that I have learned about the Bible and learned about reading the Bible through the wisdom that you have gained and through your revelation. And yeah, it's it's been such a gift to me. <laughs> like our this 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 relationship, this friendship that we have has been such a gift to me in so many ways, but especially when it comes to how I read the Bible, how I understand God, how I understand what I'm reading because of the revelation and context that you have been able to bring to me that I didn't have before. Yeah. Well, seriously, praise God for that because I (laughs) mean, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's that trust comes back to that trust on trust in him um and just relying I think it like I said this earlier but relying on the Holy Spirit to lead into all truth you know especially if people you know I I come across a lot of people who struggle in Bible reading because there's just so many contradictions or there's so many things that simply don't make sense because of its historical context or something like that but at the end of the day I think We have to trust in the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, you lead me into all truth. You lead me into all truth. And if that means I don't get anything except the fact that Jesus died for for me and rose again and gave me new life, then that's all that matters. That's That's all I should know. I mean, Paul said that. And I think that's a good reminder to always come back to that and then just keep trusting the next day. Maybe he'll reveal something new. Otherwise, that might be a revelation that you need to live out on a daily basis until something else comes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I'm, I am living that right now. That's for sure. So yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's a ton of truth in that. Yeah. That's so good. Well, we're, we're going to wrap up here in just a sec, but I wanted to ask if there's anything at all that you would encourage someone with, what would that be oh, or man. going through the Bible? Yeah, I, I would just say, just read, read and ask the Holy Spirit to bring you revelation. I mean, it's, it sounds simple, but it doesn't always feel that simple, but there is so much revelation that comes through that and, and talk to other people about it. Like talk, talk to friends, talk to mentors, talk to, you know, people who are discipling you or that you may be discipling, like talk to other people about it, to bounce things off of and 
there's an incredible amount of revelation that comes through having relationship with other people. So just read, trust the Holy Spirit, and have conversation. Open conversation. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. That's it. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, yep. I, I got there. I got there eventually. That was that that was a journey to get there but i mean that's that's ultimately the thing like ask questions because the answers are never going to seem super clear at first whether you're asking questions of the holy spirit or asking questions of friends or mentors um or pastors or you know whoever it is that you're talking about the bible with that's that's how the lord re- reveals things it's is by us asking questions and being genuinely genuinely desiring to know what the Lord is saying through his word. Yeah, and by asking questions, we get to see the reality of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through another person and then reveal that to other people too. It goes back to discipleship. That's awesome. I love that so much. We'll end the episode right here, and I invite you to listen to the first episode. Stay tuned for the next one. Thanks for listening. I hope you found this audio blog inspiring, and I'll see you next time.